Thank you for listening to this Podcast One production. Available on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. Save on glasses for classes at iMart Express. For a limited time, get two pairs of glasses with KidSafe polycarbonate lenses and a free frame warranty for just $79, a $200 value. And with a lens lab in every store, over 90% of glasses are made the same day. You'll also find a great selection of kids' frames to choose from. But hurry, two pairs with polycarbonate lenses for $79 and soon. Get the best back-to-school savings at iMart Express. Right glasses, right price, right now. Find your store at iMartExpress.com. Curb Appeal. You know it when you see it. And with the Home Depot, today is the day for doing. Boost your curb appeal with the best brands at the best prices. From new garage doors to colorful flowers, exterior lights to a new coat of paint, inspiration to installation. You can do it or let the Home Depot do it for you. Visit homedepot.com slash services for more information on installing your next project. The Home Depot. More saving. More doing. U.S. only. See store for details. Podcast One presents Let Lisa Help. Former insult comic Lisa Lampanelli is now a full-fledged life coach, and she wants to help you whether you like it or not. Join the former queen of mean as she continues her journey as the queen of meaning. She'll share her life experiences, the tools she's learned along the way, and a healthy dose of humor. So if you have a problem, let Lisa help. And now, here's your host, Lisa Lampanelli. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Let Lisa Help, the podcast in which former queen of me and Lisa Lampanelli, me, tells you what to do, or at least kind of like kind of strongly suggests it. Or, you know, maybe I won't even strongly suggest it this time. You know what? Maybe this time I'll just listen. <laughs> no, I won't. I'll talk. And I will have my special guest, Nikki Boyer. She is going to come here. She is going to tell us what's on her mind. We're going to work on her big issues and mine. Plus, take a call from one of my regular clients to tell me what's wrong with Lisa. Stay tuned. This is Let Lisa Help with Lisa Lampanelli. Hey, everybody, it's Lisa Lampanelli, formerly the Queen of Mean, now the Queen of Meaning, and we are here for my fabulous podcast, the one you never knew you couldn't live without and still can't or won't. Wow, those are a lot of verbs that are inactive. Uh, Let Lisa help the show in which we help people. We still keep a sense of humor about it. I just don't like to be overly earnest, even though I really am of service to people out there. I always, as today, have a fabulous co-host. And today it's a gal, and I like to call her Wendy Williams Bitch. (laughs) She actually called herself that because I met Nikki Boyer when I was doing Wendy Williams. And they said, Lisa, we have some bad news. Wendy is not here, but there's four fantastic co-hosts. And yes, I was thoroughly disappointed. I don't blame you. However, Nikki and I have become inseparable Instagram (laughs) friends, and she is a fabulous, 
fabulous person. She is on the Straight Talk with Ross podcast once a week. This is Ross Matthews, of course, who I'm obsessed with. She is also going to be putting out a new podcast called Dying for Sex. And it's not what you think it is, but you have to listen to it on iTunes. Nikki, thank you for being here. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really honored to be here. Like I feel like this is such a treat because I didn't even know that you knew me. Uh, I had that moment where you reached out and I was like, Lisa Lampanelli knows who I am. That's how I always feel when anyone knows who I am. (laughs) Roxanne Gay, who is like enormous New York Times bestseller, she's way over my sort of intellectual pay grade. Like she knows books and things and she writes things (laughs) that are meaningful and words are put together nicely. And when I reached out to her on Instagram just to say, hi, I'm a fan She got back to me and it was like I was on a date. I was like, oh my God. Oh my God. Where should we meet? Oh my God. Lunch is coffee too formal. Oh my God. Lisa, you're a big deal. No, I'm fine. I don't think you know. You don't know. It's better I don't know because it keeps me humble and I feel I'm just one of you people. You know, it's really hard to be this fabulous. <laughs> no, but seriously, thank you so much for coming in. I'm so happy you're here. Thank you so much. When I got the email, I was like, there are so many things that I need help with. So I was oh excited. I live okay. in therapy. So I am, oh. I'm always game and I'm super honest and I'm a work in progress. I will never tell you I have things figured. I mean, I might say I have things figured out, but that's just like oh, that code tomorrow, for me. Right? That, exactly. Well, it's like, I think figuring, the only thing we can figure out is that we are still working on us and yeah. might be doing that till we're 80 and then we get crusty vaginas and don't have right. to anymore because nobody cares. And then we don't want to talk to anybody. No, I get out of my I, face. I'm already kind of there with the crusty. <laughs> but I will say, <laughs> see, it's, it's supposed to be nice it. and clean and look what Nikki brought out of me. That's why I like her. <laughs> so what I always send the co-hosts a little note before the show and say, oh, bring in like one big issue that you're working on or that's plagued you through your life. Mm-hmm. So if you were to name sort of one thing that was your big one, okay. what do you think that is? Can we do, can we do multiple choice where I give you three and then you pick one. Oh my God. I love that so much. Yes. First one is just, there's no filter. If I think it, I say it. Okay. And for a long time, that was like my way of communicating and I got Mm. accolades for that and people thought it was funny, but as I'm getting older, it's not as charming. Not cute. So that, Mm -hmm. then the other thing is taking things personally. I'm really, really good at that. Huge. And then third is trying to navigate being a stepmom and also a human being at the same time. So those are three things. Maybe right. they're all under the umbrella. Well, they're all under the umbrella of, I think, I think taking things personally is probably the biggest issue plaguing anyone because we literally think it's all about us oh, yeah. and we're huge. We're not narcissists in the way of like sociopathic people who just care about themselves, but we think, oh my God, they didn't call me right back. It's me. It's like, oh no, they were having surgery. Right. Like we really totally. literally take it all personally. So the first one, by the way, the unfiltered thing, yeah, it's not a big deal. Let me tell you what. Okay. Stop. Just you stop. don't have to do it anymore because it got you acceptance. It was a tool that worked for you in the past. Okay. It's like overeating. Okay. When people put on weight, or in my instance, you like sort of get this armor of weight to protect yourself from unwanted advances or to be sort of in a cocoon or not have intimacy, then you go, oh, that's a tool. The mm. eating was a tool and I get it and I forgive myself for using it. And now I'm moving forward. It's a tool that outlives its usefulness. Oh. So the unfiltered stuff is it did kind of get you some notoriety. It got you a little bit of like, oh, she's cool. Oh my God. She's fun to hang out with. But then you go, oh, that doesn't feel like me. Like, does that feel just like non-authentic to you anymore? It, what happens is the first comment is authentic and true. Oh, and then but you milk then it. I keep go- like I dip my toe in the pond and then I like mm-hmm. 
full on skinny dip and nobody needs right. that. Nobody, then it's not charming. Then it's me venting and then it becomes kind of aggro and aggressive and then yeah. everybody's uncomfortable. And in a way, it's kind of me weirdly protecting myself from, I don't, well, it's a way of what. sort of having this character out there that you don't have to really be. It would take a lot more to really show who you really are. Oh, because it's super vulnerable oh, and, and I'd be weeping. Well, by the way, this is what's so funny. Ever since I retired for comedy, oh my God, I could never tell my sister this. I've become her, which is <laughs> overly nice and yeah. friendly because my sister's always been so vulnerable and open yeah. and she talks to people in the grocery store and I notice it's hard being that open in a good way. Like, I'm like, ooh, that's how my sister must feel. She really mm -hmm. connects. It's super exposed all the time. All the time. Like yesterday in the line at the airport, I said something and I go, that was Nancy talking, not oh, me. Oh and I was like, but that's who I was supposed to be oh. if I didn't feel like I had to layer on such bull crap. Right. So basically it was like a guy and a woman were in line. She had group A she was boarding with. He was with group C. And so... um I heard them say, oh, you're group C, I'm group A. And I go, you can board together. Just tell, just tell them that he's your assistant. Cause I was like, really? Like oh, trying hard not to be sexist where I say right. she's the assistant. I'm like, I'm trying too hard. And all of a sudden I was like, oh my God, you're just being nice. And they kind of like looked at you like you're an idiot. They did. And I was like, then I guess I'm an idiot. <laughs> it's almost where you just go, well, that's fine. If it didn't land, that's okay. Right. Cause so I think a lot of it is, if if you don't say that first comment, you're still going to be okay. Right. If you say just the first comment, you go, oops, that's my little warning. That was my one that I get. All right. So I think it's easily handled, but you have to figure out like, what's the payoff from going too far? Are right. you glad you just keep pushing people away because then they can't get close enough to hurt you? Yeah. Is that, oh, is that that's it well mm. it's one of those things like let me like tr i'm trying to think of a concrete example like mm. i have really super like going deep dark i don't really talk about this much but i was like i'm coming here today and i'm going for it mm. i have two stepdaughters that i adore and my boyfriend and i've been together for 10 years so i've raised them from three mm. and five to now teenage girls but I couldn't have a baby of my own. Uh -huh. And I tried really, really hard and spent a ton of money that I could have done so many other things with, but I had to thread that needle. So when people start to ask me about kids, I do this thing where I want to stay protected and I say, well, I'm raising these girls, but you know, and I kind of make excuses for why they don't feel like mine mm -hmm. so that I don't have to deal with what people think. I want to say it first so I can yes. like, I'll beat you to it. Okay. Okay. So what, when am I going to stop doing this? You're this going is to stop when you notice it enough mm. and you're uncomfortable enough with it. So basically you notice you're doing it, right? Okay. And you go, oh, hmm, why did I do that? Let me see the thought that occurred right before I did it. So here's the question. Good. You meet me and I say, do you have kids? And then I, mine What's would be your thought. My thought is, I tried to have two. Uh, I tried to have one, but instead of I'm raising two that aren't mine. But what's and that's the an thought? asshole thought. What is, nope. What is the thought? The thought that about that? you. What's the thought about you? The thought about me is, oh my god, I wished I could have been a biological mom, and it kills me. And what does it say about you that you couldn't have kids? Mm, that I, <sighs> that I'm not a real mom. Okay. And if you're not a real mom, you're what? N 
I don't matter as much in the world and I won't have anybody to wipe my ass when I'm older. Okay, but that's not why. <laughs> okay, because you were with it and then yeah, you had to deflect to the joke, see? which I get it. You see but that's it. okay. Listen, as a former comic, I get it. You well, that's why with I couldn't jokes. wait to talk to you today because yeah. I was like, this is this is such a uh, an inner working thing for you. And I'm like, she's going to get this like nobody else. Well, okay. the thing is, Tony Robbins said, which I love because I'm not a big Tony Robbins gal, but what I do like that he says, it's very spiritual because every teacher who's good says this. We all have two basic fears and issues. I'm not enough and I'll never be loved. Mm. So if you're not a real mom, it all comes down to I'm not enough because right. I couldn't have kids and I'm going to die alone. Totally. I'll never be loved. And guess what? Those are the two biggest fears of anybody. So welcome to the club. <laughs> and guess what? A real authentic person who you meet, if you literally take a risk and go, well, I was unable to have kids, but I'm so happy that I have these kids. Right. It's That's like enough. so kind of matter of fact. It's not jokey. It's kind of nice. Right. And maybe then a real person could say, oh my God, me too. Right. And then there's a chance for, for connection. connection. Our yep. problem is we don't allow that. Like I say to some people I coach, I go, can you just say, you know, I'm just sad instead mm -hmm. of saying, I'm so angry. I'm so upset. Just say, when you didn't invite me, I felt sad. Like that for some right? reason seems so threatening. So because then they could say, oh my God, I'm sorry. Or are you afraid people feel sorry for you? Yeah, a little bit. I don't like the pity party. But it's not pity if it's somebody's genuine and goes, oh my God, that sucks. That must have sucked for you. Yeah. Because it must have been sucky. Oh, because I don't, yes. I call that, or somebody else called it, and I've heard it, death of a dream. Where exactly. you're mourning something that you don't even know. You never had it. It's like mm -hmm. the girl who dreams of being a, a ballerina, the boy who dreams of being a baseball player. We all have a dream that didn't happen. Right. And you can have death of a dream after one date with a guy. <laughs> you're not mourning him. You're mourning, oh, what I thought this might turn into. Right. So you don't know what motherhood would be like. Maybe in years from now, you go, oh, thank God, I really was meant to be here for this. Right. But we don't allow ourselves to go there because we have to like, oh my God, it's too sad. I'll never stop crying. Right. Well, I mean, I just got out of the rut. I really did. And mm. I think I'm now starting to kind of understand being present for the life that I'm having instead of yearning for the wow. life that I thought was going to be. And I'm getting really honest with myself about motherhood and pregnancy because I'm when I see a baby, mm. I just crumble. But when I see a toddler, I want to punch it in the face. Wait a minute. That's so weird you said why? that. Can I tell you why? No, why? I said those exact words Are last night. Are you serious? Because I said, I said something <laughs> happened to me where it started with adopting a dog uh -huh. and then I liked all dogs. Then it was cats. <laughs> then it was babies. I said, but I draw the line at toddlers. Oh They're God. fucking annoying. And I tell you what I think it is. What? That they become somebody we can't control. Exactly. So then I had to get honest with myself mm -hmm. and say, do I want to be a mother? Because I've honestly been a mother since I was three. Mm -hmm. My brother came out and I was like, I got this. Oh, I've been raising my cousins. I've been raising my stepdaughters. I've been babysitting my whole life. Mm -hmm. I've been a mom. I got yeah. the badge. But I think I'm infatuated with giving birth. And I think I would have really enjoyed that. But I, I might have wanted to return it when it turned like talking walking Like it age. actually became a human. Yeah. I would have been like, who? What? Well, because it's very easy. I'll be honest. You know, I won't even get a dog that has to go outside. Like I literally, <laughs> oh God, I, well, I have, I, it used to be New York City, uh -huh. oh, an apartment. I don't uh -huh. want to walk in. So Parker is <laughs> small and he goes on the pad. Yeah. So I go, wow. 
I guess I really am not in love with all dogs. Right. So I think maybe you would have <laughs> wanted the baby for a little while. And then they say they're so cute. That's why you keep them. Right. But, you know, I think it's a good awareness to think, oh, am I really mourning something that I'm f- making fantastic? fantastical in my mind. Yeah. Like it's a fantasy. Mm-hmm. You're almost mourning the fantasy. A little bit. I I used to mourn that I would never be like a great tap dancer or just something super <laughs> right. silly that like I go, I just don't have the, the skills. I'm just, I'll never be that chick. I'll never sell out Madison Square Garden. I'll never do this. And then I'm like, yeah, but I got to do all that other stuff. So right, the whole right. thing with resentment and gratitude, like they can't coexist. So if you have a resentment, for that's instance. That's so – wait. Can we just take – I need to put that on my vision board. Yeah, that's a big one. Resentment and gratitude cannot – Cannot coexist. And like I try impossible. to pretend it does sometimes. Yeah, and it doesn't. Because no. you want to know what real gratitude is? It, to me, when I hear it in clients, it's, wow, I am so grateful that this happened because dot, dot, dot. Mm. Fake gratitude. I freaking laugh when I hear it. They go, yeah, yeah, you know, I'm really fortunate. I've got a great family. I've got it. And I'm like, dude, you got to feel it. You don't got to just say it. Right. So I go, what are you really grateful for? Like, it's not making the five item list. It's going, oh my God, it's a feeling in my gut and in my heart, you know, to go, oh my God, I'm so grateful. I'm so, I dodged a bullet with that one. And it's almost gratitude over things you didn't get. Yeah. And I also learned that you can have two different feelings about it at the same time. And that's okay. Like I Mm -hmm. ache for it. I miss it. But then when I'm in Puerto Vallarta with my friends, Mm -hmm. I'm thinking this would not be a part of my life. This could not happen if I, I so I think at the same time, I'm having these dual appreciation and loss at the same time, very conflicting, but they can, they can coexist. Unlike, you know, gratitude, gratitude, resentment. resentment. There's not a ton. um, Your two feelings at the same time aren't coexisting, meaning, the aching for it and the yay, I'm free. They the ache is not for the kid. The ache is for an imagined way of life. Right. So you don't know that kid. You don't know if you really would have even enjoyed being a mother from age zero. This is what you gotta focus on. Okay. What's the feeling you get when you think about that kid? What's the feeling a kid would bring you? If you use like feeling okay. words. <laughs> this is so interesting. It has less to do with the kid and okay, more to do okay. with my partner. Because for me, that is the, in my brain and heart, is the biggest, truest act of love that you could, I guess, make physical. Like it's a physical example of how two people come together to want to make a baby. And he has two kids with a previous woman and that, you know, situation happened. And then I was married for 10 years and didn't have a child because Mm -hmm. I thought, gosh, I really want to have a baby with someone that sort of really gets me. And then I find him, he has two kids and then I can't have one. And I just, I think for me, it was more about the expression of the relationship than maybe it was about the actual baby. I think. Well, you know, it makes sense. And also- what feeling does that expression of love get you? Meaning, okay, you have this baby together. What then is the feeling you have? If you can use from a happy place, from a calm place, what's the feeling that comes over you belonging. when you think of the two? Belonging. There you go. So guess what's great about belonging? You can do it without the kid. Totally. So there's ways know, right? of belonging and you go, okay. I'm going to create that with him. I'm going to create that with the other girls. Uh, we're going to, we can even, you know, have some kind of ritual that we do or mm-hmm. whatever. There's just so 
we all want to belong and fit in and have like that real connection. So the more you connect with him, that baby's just going to be, by the way, that baby might have left anyway. Like what's weird is like, we don't even know. Well, how, yeah. How do I know I would have had a kid that even liked me? <laughs> you know I, I, mean? I, I tell like, you, you never know. Age 12 would have been like, I'm out because you're annoying. Like you don't. Right. Exactly. And I'm starting, starting that journey of getting out of the ache. I can't believe I'm talking about this so freely. I kept it private for so long because I was on that wheel of injections and pregnancies and IVF that didn't work. And the doctor's looking at me and going, you're an anomaly. And I'm like, why can't I be an anomaly in the business and be in the top 3% of like, but I'm the anomaly in the fertility world. Lucky me. But it was the cycle. So after I lost the last baby and I would get pretty far into my pregnancy. So I was pregnant for almost five years straight. So I know what it feels like to be pregnant. And that's why this abortion law is freaking me out right now. Cause I'm yeah. like, leave my body alone. Right. I got right. this. I yeah. know what's best for me. Right. So it's, it's, it's a process and it, it's the umbrella under which I sort of live my life because that's mm. my biggest experience that I've had in the last five years. So do you think that you kind of now are like searching for some kind of identity? Now you're not the chick who needs and wants to get pregnant anymore. Now you're what, what's next? There's definitely a what's next. And my career is quieter or more quiet. I'm grandma. More quiet. More quiet than it's ever been, which I think is mm-hmm. a little gift to like, it let is. me settle and see. Yeah. But I also realized that my, one of my best friends just passed away a few months ago. Mm-hmm. And something that I took from that experience was she was single, no children, passed away at 45. And she just kept saying to me, None of this matters as much as you think it does because I'm sitting here in my bed and I'm basically transitioning. Mm-hmm. And, and and you guys are all vibrating on such a low level. It's so cute to watch you all like scurrying around. <laughs> yeah, she was like, right. you sound like this. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She said, love is love is love. And mm-hmm. it doesn't matter how it's packaged. All that love you had to give to your idea of a baby just give, just give it freely, not yeah. conditional. Don't be conditional. Just give it, give it. And I'm trying to do that. And today actually marks a really important moment because I haven't been this open with anybody, Lisa, mm. about this. So today I was like, I'm changing the dialogue for wow. myself. I'm That's really brave. Thanks. I totally am so honored. Thank I, you. I, I love that you learned so much from her too. She was, you know, that's a she really, is that the Dying for Sex podcast lady? Yeah. Oh my God, I can't wait to listen <laughs> no, to that. She's, she's so awesome. Now, when you talk to about the belonging, mm-hmm. what's great about, I, I've said in the podcast where, you know, people think they want to lose 30 pounds and mm-hmm. it's really the feeling they want. So I say to myself, okay, so you want the feeling of belonging. You just have to figure out how to get that feeling of belonging more. So what's great is you don't huh. need the baby for that. Right. You just need to focus on like, oh, you know, where do I really belong? And what's fun with you, it could be so joyful because- you kind of have the world's open to you. Right. Like you, and I don't think we ever know where it's going to end up. We feel like we belong. <laughs> Dude, for some miracle, I ended up at this f***ing ballroom dance studio and I feel like I belong there. It is ridiculous. I love that. I Would you have laugh. ever known that that yeah. was going to- Six never months ago, years. I was be like, are you kidding me? I'm getting through this stupid charity dance thing that I have to do <laughs> and I'm quitting. I'm there five days a week. I, I, I live in Connecticut- I call them in LA this week. I, I find a studio and I go, Hey, can I come in three times this week? Just cause I go, there's something that happens to me, but look at, you never know where you can create belonging and the feeling is going to be there if you're just open. 
The mm-hmm. fact is we can't force it because mm-hmm. sometimes we think we'll force belonging. We'll be like, oh, I'm going to like force it with this group of friends or I'm mm-hmm. going to get the, the girls over for wine mm-hmm. or some shit. <laughs> and then we're just like, oh, my God, that did not feel right. right. But just remain open and go yeah. say yes to some things and see what comes up. All right. I mean, I think this is great. Thanks. Do you feel a good sense of belonging with your boyfriend and the kids? They, I couldn't, I hit the jackpot with stepdaughters. Wow. As difficult as it is and as hard and confusing as it can be, I hit the jackpot. They mm. love me. They respect me. Wow. I, they are great. So my frustrations or, you know, weird resentment moments that I have have nothing to do with them. Right. Right. Um, and that's where the taking things personally comes in a lot yeah. with like, but I just did all these things for you. Like they're not uh, my roommates, uh, uh. they're children. Like, I but know. I forget. Sometimes oh, I'm like, we do if you it with guys everybody. were my stepkids, I would have totally kicked you out by now. Like yeah. we would not be roommates. And right. I'm like, they're not my roommates. They're my kids. Right. I've known them since they were born. So yeah. they've been in my life and I got really lucky. So I do belong. I think, okay. Okay. My brain's going. I think that I want to really belong. Okay. And I'm afraid that if I go all in, Mm -hmm. something's going to happen, you know, maybe with their mom or their other side of the family Mm -hmm. that makes me feel, oh, I don't matter or what I did didn't matter, but it's not a checks and balances with kids. And my friends who have children say, it's not that way with your own biological kids. Like, welcome to the party lady. Right. I'm like, so I'm now, I'm starting to change the dialogue in my head, but it is Girl, it is, it's hard. Well, you know what it is too? It's our way. We have to hone our way of handling disappointment because think about it. Okay. You really go all in. Right. You're like, this is my family. I belong. I love it. You know, God forbid something happens to them. God forbid, you know, you get a divorce or you they leave and they decide they hate you, whatever. Right. right? Just how you handle loss is huge. And the way to handle disappointment and loss is feeling. Because the problem is we do something else. We deflect with the joke or we eat or we have a drink or this, that, the other. We get, we get geographic sobriety, which is basically like, oh, I'm going to just move. It'll be fine if I move oh to so-and-so. And yes. it's like, oh, how about I just feel it and then it's going to suck for a long time. Uh-huh. But then it'll suck a little less and a little less. Dude, trust me, with the food stuff, I have to do that all the time. I yeah. fail a lot, mm-hmm. but I go, hey – you know what? I got to keep practicing feeling. Like all last week, I was like, what is wrong with me? Why Mm -hmm. am I kind of on the verge of tears a lot? And I'm like, I'm not going to try to hold them back, but they're not coming anyway. So I'm like, I kind of just live kind of with a low grade sadness. And I think it's because I subconsciously knew it was the anniversary of my dad's death. I think I subconsciously knew it. Right. But I said to my dance teacher, Marco, who's a straight guy, believe it or not, (laughs) I said to him, Marco, I said, do people come in here sad like sometimes and then they like dance and they feel better? He goes, oh, all the time. He goes, and that (sighs) was my way of going, okay, so I'm just working through my feelings through this other thing. So I I think we think we'll never stop crying. We'll never get through the feelings. But we got to go through them where they back up on us. Oh, yeah, they do. They back up big time. And then before you know it, you're crying about this one little tiny thing that happens in your life. And then it all starts spilling out. And the people around you are like, whoa, 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 wait, wait, what? And then, (laughs) oh, well, with me, it used to come out as anger a lot. Like I would check into a hotel. And I just like start screaming at people. So in the wait, past, wait, wait. you would check into a hotel oh, well, and just if they, get angry. If they drop the ball right, right, right. or something, I'd be like, really? <laughs> oh, well, I'd be like Joan Crawford all over the place. <laughs> and I think what happened was I said no. to myself, okay, 
you're clearly in grief about something. Mm. So you got to feel the sadness that the anger is masking. And actually, a few years ago, when I started working on myself deeper, I check into hotels and I go, um, last time I was here, did I yell at you? And they'd be like, no. And they were too polite to say yes. And I'd go, I know I probably did. So I'm sorry. I mean, it's like so healing. Listen, dude, it costs you way less Mm -hmm. to not yell at people because I would be with the gift baskets and the gift certificates because, oh, that'll make up for it. That's a big (laughs) asshole move right there. But what's great is you go, you know what? At least I'm working on me. And I love that you have these, you know, you come in here and you're like, hey, I'm an open book. I got these three things. And they're, yeah. those Thanks are for big. saying that. Thank you. Oh my God. I, there's a little part of me that's like, don't open this up. Don't. That's oh, great. But for me, it's accountability. And it's like, mm. if I can't just put out, you know, my relationship and my trip to Puerto Vallarta and my fun stuff, it's like, you know what? Sometimes I'm going to put it out there. And I did finally come clean about all my fertility stuff on, mm. on Straight Talk with Ross. Mm. And um, I had a lot of gay men say, I don't know what it's like to be in your shoes, but we sure know what it's like to not be able to biologically have a baby Aww. and desperately want it and say, why is this not happening for like, how do we do? And it was, it connected me to people. People were Instagramming me, Facebooking me and saying, thank you for see? being so vulnerable. Mm-hmm. A woman who lost her baby. I, I mean, I can see her face and now her new adopted baby that she loves. Like it connected me so much more to people. And I realized that a little bit of vulnerability goes a really, really long way with, oh, with people. Yeah. And I just need to keep pushing myself and stretching totally. myself. It is girl. It is uncomfortable. I, I, my heart sometimes feels like it wants to just like lock up and I'm like stretching it. Stretching <laughs> well, it. And then like, you go to yours. I always go to, well, haven't I helped enough people yet? <laughs> Can't I just sit at home and retire? And I'm like, yeah, you can. <laughs> oh yeah. Okay. I can, but I'm not gonna. Right. So uh, you know what I like too is like, you just being open about it. Okay. A, it is helping people. Also, it's helping you. Yeah. It's healing to just not feel shame about it. Totally. And, and your first thing, your, um, your uh, first no filter, the no yeah. filter thing. With that, notice next time that you're tempted to like do the barrage, Purge, the purging. It's just yeah. go to yourself, what am I thinking? What am I feeling? Mm-hmm. Because basically, here's what happened. Okay. A circumstance happens. We have a thought, then a feeling, then we behave. Okay, so back that up. Hold so, on. Okay. I got to absorb so this. So what's an instance in which you have or might feel this unfiltered like thing come on? Like, for example, if, they, if somebody says something about my stepkids, like, uh, oh my God, they, they're so talented. They have so much talent. They're what, so great. Okay. So what would you say sometimes to go I'd and- say, well, thank you. I'd like to think I have something to do with that, but who the f- knows? You never know. And then do you kind of just go on And then there? I'm like, well, because then, because I encourage them to do this, but then they go to their mom's house and then they do this. Oh my God, what are you doing? Oh my God. Who wants well, to hang out with I me? I don't think it's an asshole move. I think it's a, I want to be heard move, but think about it. Okay. So they say your stepkids turned out great. Yes. What's the thought? So again, circumstance leads to a thought, uh-huh. leads to a feeling. So what do you think? What do you think in that moment? I, I hope I've done enough to matter. I hope I matter. Wow. Yeah. And the feeling, of course, would be I don't matter because you just said it. Right. And then that drives a behavior to I'm going to over-emote. 100%. So it's the four steps. And what's so great is if you notice the thought, you can stop the feeling. Okay. Oh, I'm doing that thing again. Here, I'll do a little trick with you. I love this tool okay. that I learned from Martha. Ooh, I'm getting so much out of this. I love this tool because it's so freaking wild because it separates you from your story. The story you're telling yourself is, 
I haven't done enough to matter. Right. So you say to yourself, okay, somebody says, love how your kids, stepkids turned out. Mm -hmm. And instantly you start going, I hope I've done enough to matter. Say three times, I'm having that thought where I don't matter. Say three times out loud right now. Yeah. It's like slow. Like I'm having that thought where I don't matter. I'm having that thought where I don't matter. I'm having that thought where I don't matter. Okay. So now as that thought a little further from yeah. you. Yeah. Like it took little steps away. Oh, as I said it, that's so crazy. You. So no. now add this. Okay. I notice I'm having the thought that I don't matter. Mm. Do that three times. I notice that I'm having the thought that I don't matter. I notice I'm having the thought that I don't matter. I notice I'm having the thought that I don't matter. Now, does it feel even farther away? <laughs> yes. It's oh, it's a little bit funny because then I'm like, well, exactly. I'm like, oh, exactly. look at you. <laughs> yeah, yes. <laughs> no, you know what I love that you say? Yeah. It's a little bit funny because I have people now who I coach who do that little exercise and they go, oh, I'm doing that thing again where I do this. It becomes so much light. It's not Lighter such a big it, deal. Yes. And it makes it be like, the story's out there. I'm me. I matter. And that's okay. Lisa, Lisa, so then you're... you don't feel sad right. or unworthy. So then you don't... You say exactly what's in here mm-hmm. instead of, oh, I've got to scramble now for these people. And you're the one who ends up with the emotional hangover. Oh, my God. Yes. Because huh, when I start to feel that way, then I kind of lock myself in the room and then I'm super angry and then I pretend I'm not angry and then I come out. But what I just did here in this room, mm. that is such a tool. Like that is to anybody it. listening, like pull over and just do it because, yeah, because we the all way have it, that. everybody and the yeah. way that it feels in your body when you do that, it makes a difference. I'm yeah. stealing that. Oh, totally. Martha Beck, uh, she she taught that in the uh Oh Life cert- coaching certification thing. And it's such a simple tool it that is. I literally use it with everyone and they totally get it. It's so easy to understand because it does feel way out there. And I'll now be able to kind of, most of the time, I hope, mm-hmm. go, oh, I'm having that thing where I think food will make me feel better. Right. Oh, yeah, I'm having that thing where food's going to make me less lonely. Right. Oh, yeah, I'm not lonely because <laughs> I'm not eating. No. So you could almost go, oh, I'm being silly. Not stupid, right. but silly, and I don't have to buy into my own bullshit story. Oh God, Lisa, you're really good oh, at I'm this. so good at that. And you on really that are. note, we need to take a quick break. <laughs> okay. Nikki, you're going to stick with us and help some people. Is that okay? Sure, bet. Yes. <laughs> this is Lisa Lampanelli. This is Let Lisa Help with my special guest, Nikki Boyer. Nikki can be found at Nikki Boyer on all socials. Straight talk with Ross and with my new-to-be friend, Ross Matthews. Right. And also listen to Dying for Sex, the podcast. Podcast. Coming back with Leslie. With Leslie. <laughs> Keep this in so people know I'm human. <laughs> Let Lisa help. You're listening to Let Lisa Help with Lisa Lampanelli. Curb appeal. You know it when you see it. And with the Home Depot, today is the day for doing. Boost your curb appeal with the best brands at the best prices. From new garage doors to colorful flowers, exterior lights to a new coat of paint, inspiration to installation. You can do it or let the Home Depot do it for you. Visit homedepot.com slash services for more information on installing your next project. The Home Depot. More saving. More doing. U.S. only. See store for details. It was a crime no one expected and one many can't forget. 22 Hours, An American Nightmare, a new podcast from WTOP News and Podcast One, details the heinous murders of a D.C. power couple, their 10-year-old son, and housekeeper inside their own home. 
The chilling messages from the victims being held hostage. Hey, Nellie, it's Saba. The complicated trail of evidence and shocking moments from the trial. She thinks she knows how Darren Wink got inside the house. His defense team drops a bombshell. Will this investigation lead to the release of confidential audio recordings from the case? So it's under general counsel review. I mean, I'm committing to making a transparent court. 22 Hours, an American Nightmare. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts today. And now back to Let Lisa Help with Lisa Lampanelli. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Lisa Lampanelli's podcast. Oh, yeah. It's Lisa Lampanelli talking about herself in the third person as per usual. Let Lisa help. We are here with my special guest co-host, Nikki Boyer. And I want to thank her so much for being so open. Thanks. And by listening to you, a lot of people are going to feel like, ooh, click. Something clicked with well, me. You so set thank a good, you. you set such an, a safe space for that. I didn't know. I didn't know what I was getting into today. Aww. I mean, I know how I feel about you, but we've, it's been very quick engagement yeah. but but like this you just you're like a little safe space it well i nice. like it because often the only reason i ever took a life coaching certification program was to learn how to lead workshops better so oh, i could okay. do food and body image work and stuff with people and really feel like i had a few skills so i always go oh my god they talk in these workshops about creating a safe space to hold for people mm-hmm. which to me sounds super woo woo like la but I, safe space. Like, I think it's true like no one's gonna open up if they don't feel like you're being vulnerable too. So I'm like, okay, this is really good. It's a good sign. Absolutely. So speaking of workshops, come to my food and body image workshop, bitches and men. (laughs) It's at Kripalu in the Berkshires in November. We're going to work on food, body image. I ain't going to promise you you're going to lose a ton of weight, but you'll get a little piece around food and body image. And don't you want that? Yeah, you do. And you deserve it. So Nikki, will you please help us with a few viewer or listener questions? Yes, I would. I'd love to. Okay. This is from Ansonia, Connecticut. Well, there's the problem right there. (laughs) Oh, dear Lisa, your energy and outlook are wonderful. See, we start everyone with a compliment. Right, right. And this means like they suck up to me and I'm interested (laughs) in that. Um, I'm sure I could sure use some help. The last five years have been hell after divorce, job loss, foreclosure. Wow. My daughter was paralyzed for a month. My son was having emotional stuff due to his father and how our lives have turned to shit. I need help. Of course, I'm broke, but also firmly believe in paying for a service provided. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. Like, I don't know. There's something about that last, that last sentence that makes me feel like there's a lot of hope for this yeah. one. Now, when you hear somebody's story that is that freaking icky yeah. and full of drama and trauma, mm-hmm. but with that sort of little uplifting thing at the end, mm-hmm. what do you think? Do you think we get overly mired in our small problems. And I think this almost is the, that example of gratitude and resentment not coexisting. Yes. It's like she's not sure, sure. She's stating these like facts. This happened, but I'm going to move forward. It's like she's got that little tiny bit of distance. Like she's saying these things, but they're not right in her. She's had a little time to heal. She had a little time to feel. And now she's ready to kind of start. Yeah, uh, rebuilding together. and putting it together. So she's in a really awesome space of, of wanting help and having a little bit of hope. And all you need is a sliver of hope to make change. I do believe. I oh, don't think you totally. need it. Yeah. So I feel like this person's like ready. Wow, and, and the fact too. that she like typed it out and sent it, that's like, that's big. I love that. I just love people who 
can go, yeah, this, this, and this happened. And that's not sort of how I'm defining myself. I'm not some big victim or martyr because there's a real tone to when you get an email from a martyr. Oh, yeah. And they go on. Yeah. By the way, they are uncoachable, I've found. um, My therapist, she goes, you cannot get a victim out of their victimhood. They have to do it themselves. Yep. And they will never admit they're a victim. (laughs) I have a friend, God bless her. She has been complaining about the same thing literally since the day I met her. And with her, I've had to use one of my tools, which is so hard meeting people where they are. Oh, and it's yeah. so hard to just be that safe. I like to talk about yeah. that safe space and not try to fix her. Right. Like with this woman from Ansonia, there's no fixing her because she kind of already has it within her, which right. I love because everything you need is already in there. Mm, I love that. And yeah. so she's coachable. So people out there, listen, the thing is, The victim mentality cannot be learned. It's something you just have to sort of embrace and run Mm -hmm. with and say, everyone has troubles. A lot of people have it worse than me. I used to hate when my mother would say, yeah, but so many people have it worse. Guess what? It's true. Oh my gosh. I was just listening to that. And I was like, just this alone of having someone be paralyzed for a month. And I'm just like, wait, what? Like, how did, what's that day-to-day life like? Like, holy shit. And while I get that your pain is your pain, meaning, hey, a a teenage girl could be suicidal over a pimple. I get it. it. But sometimes we need that little, as adults, that little tweak of perspective. Yep. And that is going, wait, I just heard about the woman with the paralyzed son. Let me not yeah. get myself so mired in victimhood. Yeah. You know, because I think that's a really easy place for us to go. Oh, yeah. Because it's super, super comfortable for about two seconds. Uh, you know, yeah. it's like, oh, yeah. Well, oh, that's yeah. even one of those one that like that exercise we did. That's what I used to do. Oh, I'm going into my wah, wah, poor Lisa thing. Yeah. You know, that's my story. Wah, wah, poor Lisa. Oh, yeah. Your life's so hard. Well, do you, did you feel like there were certain friends that you had to create space with because they were your wah, wah friends? Because uh-huh. I had a cu- I had a couple where I, I was just like, don't have many friends. <laughs> no, no, you would laugh because honestly... I don't think I was vulnerable enough with most people Mm. to have real friendships, except my best friend of 32 years. And I think it it was just time put in. It was literally, we were both like, yeah, we're sticking in there. And we tell each other, it's like, uh, uh, it's almost like having a partner, Mm -hmm. you know, because it's like, oh, it doesn't happen unless I tell you about it. (laughs) Um, But I think I kept people at a distance. So now I'm starting to develop actual friendships. Ooh, that's exciting. And I'm like, that's kind of cool. Yeah. But it's also like, ooh, if they see who I really am, they won't like me. Yeah, they will. And they won't see I'm worthy. And then, then you got to mm-hmm. say, oh, I'm doing that again. I know, Telling right? Telling myself my ooly saying the worthy, you know? That to me is the juicy good stuff. That makes yeah. me, as you get older, you start to become attracted to people for their f***ed upness. You're yeah. like, I love that. That's that's beauty in the making. Like, that's right. amazing. That's what I want to connect to. When I go out with friends and they're like, very the surface conversation, I, it can't. Ju- I can't do it anymore. I nope. could do really do it really well in my 30s. But once something about getting a little older and a little wiser that you just, your your threshold is different. Oh my God. Yes. I love one-on-ones. I cannot stand group lunches. Oh. All talking deep. And a friend of mine said to me when she goes, um, I mean, she's great. And I met her at Kripalu, ironically. So she works on herself a lot. And she said, you know, when we go to the concert for my birthday, we're going to see Bruno Mars. She goes, you know, my friends and I just kind of when we're together, we kind of try to keep it light, like hinting around to me that I <laughs> wink, like to wink. go heavy all the time. <laughs> so I was really grateful that she told me that because I don't want to be all freaking right, like heavy with them. 
But did you I walk in? Say, you're like, I like your eyeshadow. Yeah, well, yeah. It was more like <laughs> I just have to see what it look. It's almost like you have to do it and notice what it feels like. Mm-hmm. Did it? Was it fun? Not having to care that day and not having to talk about issues mm-hmm. and like. And you know what? Sometimes it's okay. Yeah. And yes, of course, I'd rather an intense one on one. But then you go. Sometimes there's room in our lives for a just light evening. Yeah, but it's Bruno a balance. Mars. It's that exactly. whole balance. Here, let's take one real okay. quick. Okay. Hello, this is from I'm Steve, an Afro dancer. Don't know what it means, but I like it. I love it. I grew up in an orphanage, started life full of obstacles after its downfall, homeless, hopeless, and with no one to help out. I started dancing, believing it would change my life, and indeed it did. Oh, but mm-hmm. I feel I cannot go on without education. I need someone to support me together with my younger sister, either to go on with dancing or go back to school. You may know more truth about us and how we are currently finding life. Please reply. God bless you. Part of me thinks this is him asking me for money. Wait. But let's <laughs> pretend he's not. Like that's what somebody I was like, dude, that's where I go. I go, oh, really? So he wants free coaching and he wants a check. Like literally, <laughs> that's taking it personally. Right. That's yeah. literally you just, it Yeah, 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 yeah. Now this Afro dancer probably does not want that's my so money. That's so funny because I didn't pick up on Isn't that. I just picked up what we go for. Yes. My hot button is, oh, really? Because I have money now. I got to give it to everybody, even an right. Afro dancer, which I don't even know what that is. It's just... <laughs> The style of dancing. Oh, yes. okay, yeah, that's good. I do ballroom. I'm a fox trotter myself. <laughs> but yo, know, yeah, and it's it's interesting how we perceive things because you didn't hear that at all. That's all I heard. So funny, right? I mean, I heard desperation. I heard grasping at straws, mm. but I didn't outright hear like, "Hey, hey, can write, you write me, me a check?" Because I almost would. Ex- I would respect write me a check. right more than. <laughs> I mean, I definitely delete it. He's literally Afro dancing around the subject. Ah, there you go. She still got it. Oh, and it's hard to differentiate like really what he's saying. I can't really decide. Which is a good lesson in like when you're asking for something, just be really clear before you start asking for it. So I would, I don't, I don't know what, I don't know what he needs. He just seems a little lost and I must send him some goodness. This is what I have to say to Steve. Write me again. Okay. Be very clear what you desire. Is it coaching for free? Which I do some clients pro boner. <laughs> if it is, oh, uh, you need a check written to you. Probably don't send it, mm-hmm. but you know, just send me an email just so I can clarify. And, um, yeah, be specific that's when a, you ask for what lesson. you want. Yeah. Cause for all of us, that's what we got to do. Yeah. You're not going to go into a job interview and say, yeah, whatever you want. I could clean up a little bit. Right, right, go, right. No, here's what I want to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he's unclear. Yeah. So the universe needs to know what you want, Afro dancer. Hold me closer, Afro dancer. <laughs> oh my God. I think we've learned so much, Nikki, haven't we? <laughs> we've learned Nikki Boyer goes deep. I'd like to go deep. Okay. That sounds dirty, but you didn't mean it, it that way. We've learned dirty. that you can distance yourself from your story. Yep. And it doesn't have to define who you are. And you could say, look, I'm going to rewrite this so that I know what's inside me is what I need. So, Nikki. Thank you so You have much. all you need, and I love you, and I'm very honored you came in tonight. Thank you. You, Nikki Boyer on all Instagrams and social things <laughs> and all those crazinesses. <laughs> all those no, seriously, dude. Thank, thank you for coming on. This was perfect. This was meant to happen today. I'm grateful, and you're, you're just a kick-ass chick. Oh, I love you, dude. I'll see you soon. We'll be right back with one of my coaching clients calling in and telling me how much I suck. <laughs> Let Lisa help. <laughs> It's time to coach the coach. Hey, 
everybody. It's Lisa Lampanelli, and we are back on Let Lisa Help, the podcast you wish you never heard, bitches. Actually, it's the podcast that seeks and hopes to help everyone out there. And if not, well, what are you going to do? Some of you just can't take it. It is time for a segment I like to call Coach the Coach, in which my actual real-life coaching clients call up and tell me what I do right, what I do wrong, and what I can improve. See, I'm fearless. I could take some freaking criticism. Who do we got? Do we have Patty on the line? Yes, you do. Hi, Patty. Hi, Lisa. Hey, how you doing? Good. How are you? Good. Patty, I'm so grateful that you appear on my show. I would love to hear what detail you would like to go into. Any level is fine, as much or as little as you want to share. Can you tell the audience what you and I have been working on? Well, you and I have been working on a lot to do with relationships, uh, not with significant others, but with friends, uh, family members, coworkers, just as things come up, we address them and you kind of walk me through them. Yeah, you know, that's interesting because originally you and I had connected during a food and body image workshop that I did in Connecticut. And right. it's interesting how a lot of the food and body stuff is always the stuff that's on the outside, but it's really covering up yep. what's on the inside. So would uh-huh. you say that kind of, even though you came to coaching with, hey, I want to lose weight, it kind of morphed into something else? Yes. Well, first of all, it was the excitement of being able to meet you in person. And then once I realized you were serious about it, (laughs) you have been, uh, you've been a wonderful coach. Yeah. It's funny because a lot of people are like, is this part of some weird stunt you're doing? So I was like, yeah, no, you don't just retire from a career and like make a stunt career move. So I'm glad you gave me a shot and like you took it very seriously. But what I like about you too is, Even during the Food and Body Image Workshop, you may have shown up for a glimpse of the celebrity Lisa Lampanelli, but you really, really were vulnerable. You really worked on yourself and you kind of fearlessly said what was really on your mind. So I think that was a great start to a coaching relationship. It's like having a dream client. Oh, well, thank you. (laughs) You're so welcome. The check is cleared. Now, do you feel like since what's been sort of the best and the worst part of life coaching? The best part has been learning things about myself that I, it wasn't that I wasn't aware of, but just thought that I had better under control than I did. Yeah. And the worst part is keeping the commitment to continue to do this. Right. Like once I made the commitment, that was it. Every week I have to show up past couple of weeks have been a little crazy because of my schedule, but pretty much consistently every week I speak to you. Yeah. And you've been one of the few who have really been like making progress every week. And I know that's part of the ego thing that I have to work on. I have to work on that. I'm somehow worthy only if my clients make big changes. That's really none of my business. It's really just to be a light or a window for you guys to see what you Mm -hmm. need to work on. But I mean, you really show up for yourself and I I applaud that. It's really hard to do that. And also I find too, for some reason, Patty, even though we both present as kind of tough chicks, I know you have a big mushy heart and that's sort of why maybe 
you don't frustrate me because I go, ah, this is a, she's a mushy one down there. I mean, there are some that present as tough who are really tough. And I'm like, oh, that's frustrating. But you just seem to get what you need to do to move forward. And you go in with the homework and you do it. And you are my encouragement. Wow. I like being encouraging, not threatening, because I know some people who I coach are like, I'm scared to not do my homework. And that's not really ever going to last. It's going to, you know, and I, I know it's because I talk to them not as well as I should. I, I get frustrated. I say, you know, you know, dude, you're really frustrating. I don't know what I'm supposed to do to help you. And it's like, wait a minute. You're not supposed to help them. They're supposed to help themselves. But with you, right. I don't know. It somehow comes off as more encouraging. And I feel it's because you actually put the hours in. Because I've given you a lot of homework and tough things and you've done them. Yes, I, yes you have. <laughs> coach. <laughs> Is there anything in coaching that you felt resistant to doing? I think looking at yourself can bring up feelings of, oh, no, you know, I'm good. I, I don't need to look at that. But since uh, since I made the, made the commitment to do this with you, it, it doesn't seem to make sense to me to waste time. So although I may not like what you suggest that I do, I'm, I'm open enough and willing enough to say, let's give it a try. Right, right. And you know what? I, I do like that you give it all the college try. I remember when we were first talking, you thought your big issue was that you had one room in your house that you had to clean out <laughs> because right. it was like, it was in a hoarding situation. It just wasn't pretty. And I think right. after a few weeks, it just became clear that like, it's no big deal. Like I have one room. Right. It's almost having like one part of ourselves that we don't like. And it's not killing us and we're not hurting anybody. So we're not going to work on that yet. And I like right. that you had that self-awareness to go, you know what? Let's just let that go for now. And a lot of, I, I didn't beat you up for that because I'm like, no, you're an adult. You get to make that decision. Right. And you, and you also said something to me, hang on. I have it written down in front of me on my desk figures this weekend, I would have cleaned it up. Of course. Ah, the expression, I'm not ready yet. Yeah. Yeah. And it's been very freeing. Yeah. Isn't it interesting how just knowing you're not ready is fine? You know? Right. It, 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 you know, yes, there are limits if we're in an abusive relationship or we are, you know, with dating an addict or we're a drunk ourselves. Like we got to go, okay, time to pull the plug. Nobody's going to ever be ready, but we have to force it. It's one damn room. You ain't ready yet. And I accept that's right. where you are. And I think that's where a coach might fail in that go, why, but why, but why aren't you ready? <laughs> Guess what? Who's she freaking hurting with her collection of coach bags that she could sell on eBay? Come on. <laughs> that's true. That's true. It's true. So if there's anything that I could change and make myself right. better, anything I could work on, you know, I can take it. What yeah. would that be? I'm not afraid to hear it. You know, I in my experience with you, it just has really been so positive that you're straightforward, you're to the point, you are gentle when you need to be gentle. I think like you said a little bit before about working on ego, like, you know, whether I change or not, it's got nothing to do with you. Mm, right, right. You know, it's my process. And so... I think, you know, knowing that 
you you have no control over another person's actions, but I think that comes with time. Right. Otherwise, I got no complaints about you, girl. Anybody Aww. that can do a workshop with me and my boss and call my boss a <laughs> <laughs> That's not really what happens in workshops, people, but I think it did because I like her. Now, I, I yeah. sometimes we learned from my one of my other clients called in a different show and they were like, you do use the C word a lot when we coach. I said, That's because I like you. See, it's almost like a Don Rickles thing where if I make fun of you, I love you. And sometimes it seeps into real life. So please tell me if I need to make amends to your friend and I will, but I doubt that that's necessary. No, no she loved it. Uh, well, Patty, seriously, man, I love you. I, I said before, if I give up my coaching practice, uh, I think last time I said there's two people I'd keep. I'm going to add you as my third. So how's that, bitch? Oh, well, thank you. Thank you. No, you're now amazing. I'm gonna think all night. Now I'm going to think all night. How come I'm not number one? Oh, shoot. Because you didn't call. This is we'll the third. Talk about you're that. the third caller. <laughs> See, it all works out. No, but seriously, thank you, Patty, for being so open and you're working welcome, on yourself. Yeah. I love you, dude, and we'll talk next week. Very good. Have a good one. Okay, bye. Bye-bye. What did we learn? Well, clearly we've learned a lot today. I have learned that I'm a terrific coach, but that I have called people the C word in a workshop. It was out of love. It was out of caring. But you know what? I think people can see through that I got a big heart. We've also learned I am an amazing human being with the tools I have learned. And I'm going to shamelessly plug my personal teacher, Martha Beck, the world famous life coach who taught me lots of lessons and lots of tools to help different people. And we've also learned that people like Nikki Boyer, myself, anyone out there or in this studio can work on our stuff and get better and feel the feelings and it won't kill us. So we will see you next time on Let Lisa Mother Freaking Help. Thanks for listening to Let Lisa Help with Lisa Lampanelli. For more info on Lisa's storytelling shows, her workshops, and her life coaching services, go to lisalampanelli.com. You can also follow Lisa on the socials at Lisa Lampanelli. New episodes of Let Lisa Help are available weekly on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. And if you love the show, make sure to leave a rating and review. Curb Appeal. You know it when you see it. And with the Home Depot, today is the day for doing boost your curb appeal with the best brands at the best prices from new garage doors to colorful flowers exterior lights to a new coat of paint inspiration to installation you can do it or let the home depot do it for you visit homedepot.com services for more information on installing your next project the home depot more saving more do it u.s only see store for details at Farmers Insurance, we know there's a crucial difference between a kick drum pedal and your car's accelerator pedal. Because we covered it. Click for more. We are farmers. Bum, 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 bum. Underwritten by Farmers Truck Fire Insurance, Exchanges and Affiliates. Products not available in every state. AP News is sponsored by ADT. Real Protection is professionally installed smart home security backed by 24-7 monitoring. Our team will help you customize a system for your home, including video doorbells, indoor and outdoor cameras, smart locks, and lights that can be controlled from the ADT app or the sound of your voice. 
You can even help keep your loved ones safe on the go with location sharing, driving activity alerts, and an emergency SOS button through the ADT Go app. That's ADT. Real protection.